The Lord has you where he has you because he wants you there. Yeah. He didn't, you don't live in Charlotte, right? If you're listening, you're in California or you're in Washington state or, you know, you're in Denver, Colorado, wherever you might be, God has you there in your city to be a voice for the babies that are dying there. Yeah. And so do everything you can to serve him in the capacity that he's given you where you are. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry, and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Hey there, I'm Vicki Kosiorg. Welcome to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. I'm here with Daniel Parks. How's it going? It's good. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. It's, it's a good day. We have a possible save from our time on the sidewalk this morning. That's always exciting. But um, we're here, as usual, in Charlotte to present uh, this podcast in the hope of equipping and encouraging. Yeah. People all all around the nation, yeah, yeah, doing doing sidewalk outreach. So um, today's topic, I think, is really important because it is one of the things that can really discourage us if we don't address this. Yeah, and absolutely. that's comparing ourselves with other sidewalk outreach teams, other people, other ministries. Yeah, sure. and usually we we fall short. Yeah. In some way or another. Yeah, I'll say that this is a trap in many areas, right? Mm-hmm. Not just sidewalk outreach, yeah. but, um, you know, for you homeschool moms, I've seen this a lot. You're just discouraged because you see all these other homeschool moms. They've posted on their social media how, you know, their kid's a surgeon and, you know, makes them yeah. coffee every morning and dinner, <laughs> dinner at night and, you know, can read at a college age. Uh, level, but their kid's only six years old, right? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, you're looking at that, and you're comparing yourself, and you're like, "Oh gosh, like I don't, I don't measure up, so I may as well give up." Yeah. And of course, we know if you pull the veil back, <laughs> those social media posts are not reality for the most part. Every every family, yeah, has their struggles. Every individual has their struggles. Yeah. And you know, as far as we're concerned with this uh, focus on this episode, every sidewalk ministry has its struggles. And is unique, yeah. but um, honestly, there are times when there are people that are better than you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they really are. They no really doubt. do do things better than you do. Yeah. And um, yeah, you have to acknowledge that. You right? you have to understand that is that is true. We are not created equal. We actually are very different with different yeah. skills, different talents. We all are used by God with whatever we have been given by God. Yeah. But in general, when we start comparing ourselves. The tendency is to compare ourselves and to feel that we have fallen short and or if we haven't fallen short to be jealous. Yeah. And and therefore we're discouraged. Both of those lead to discouragement. Right. Yeah. And I I think it was you that first said this to me Daniel that is how one of the ways that I deal with with this whole topic. If it's very wise 
it, it is. I did say it, it is. So yeah, that's why yeah, I figured probably, it was probably yeah, from absolutely. you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was about humility. In fact, no. no yes, <laughs> that's one of my biggest struggles. I struggle with extreme humility. I think what what you said basically was rather than being discouraged, look at it as inspiration. Yeah. In other words, you can learn if if people are doing things in a way that you really find it um, something you wish you could do, well, find out how yeah, you could yeah. maybe do that. Yeah, I actually did say that. Um, <laughs> I said, and, and I've said this often, don't take that which God meant to be an encouragement to you and turn it into a discouragement. Yes. So God, it, listen, the reality is we're all human beings. The Bible says this in James chapter 5, it talks about, the righteous, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And then it talks about Elijah, this man who, you know, he called fire down from heaven. He um, prayed that it would not rain for three and a half years and it didn't rain, right? Yeah. But the Bible tells us in James chapter five but he that he was only a man, that Elijah was just a man. He did a lot of stuff, but he was just a man. So in the same way, the people that you see on the internet on their social media, whether it's sidewalk ministry or homeschooling or they're really good at woodworking or whatever it might be, they're only human beings, right? And they're drawing, if they're doing the work of the Lord, they're drawing on the strength of the Lord, the same strength that you need. So let that be an encouragement. If God could do it through them, he could do it through you as well. He's not a respecter of persons. Yeah. So I... I wrote an article that goes along with this this podcast, which, like many of our podcasts, actually developed from the question of a sidewalk counselor. And I think I I honestly, I think I know what really even sparked it because there had been something amazing that happened on the sidewalk. Okay. Here in Charlotte? Here in Charlotte. And one of our sidewalk counselors told the story. In fact, I told her, tell the story. It will encourage others. And as I read it, my response, even though I'd even already heard the story, my response reading what she wrote was, I wish that had been me. Yeah. Right away. (laughs) (laughs) And then it it was shortly thereafter that I got this question from one of the sidewalk counselors. And I think she just had a similar response to what I had had. Why wasn't this me? Why don't these things happen to me? Why are all these wonderful things happening to this other person? I want this to happen to me. So I am admitting to you all, to the full world right here on our podcast, I get jealous when I read those reports. Yeah. My, I, it is a, it is a part of me. I try to control it, Mm -hmm. but it is definitely a part of me. It's like, why wasn't I there? Yeah. I wish I had been there. I could have experienced this. So let me give you a little tip here. Yes. Because, I mean, it's good that you're bringing that out because we yeah. do deal with a godly jealousy or not a, a godly jealousy, an ungodly jealousy. There is a, a godly, I don't even call it jealousy, but, you know, a desire like, I want to bring glory to the name of Jesus. Like I that wish I'd been did. used like that by right. God. Yeah. Right. Um, but jealousy, this ungodly jealousy does creep up. Yeah. And you talked about controlling it. Yeah. There's a there's a other solution to that. Yeah. Crucify it. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be crucified. Yeah. You can't yeah. control the flesh. You can only crucify it. Yeah. And the way that you do that is bring it to the Lord. Acknowledge yes. it. You yes. guys that are listening, maybe you look. I've I've had a lot of questions. Like, how do you guys see so many saves in Charlotte? 
And you may look at what's going on in Charlotte and be jealous and like maybe trying to find out reasons in your mind why, you know, it's not valid or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of babies that are saved here. Yeah. Uh, the week before last, I think we had 11 babies saved. Yeah. Uh, j- last week, I think there were three babies saved. Yeah. So it fluctuates greatly. Mm-hmm. But let it be an encouragement. Listen, th- that that was not always happening here in Charlotte. Right. <laughs> there were weeks where we saw no babies saved. Yeah. Um, but also on the kind of discouraging side, there's a f- there are far more babies that are killed here here at this abortion center. Like we're seeing probably on average now, you correct me, Vicky, if I'm wrong about this, but three to four hundred babies that are dying in Charlotte. And the vast majority of those are taking place right, you know, 150 feet from where we're sitting right now at the Latrobe Abortion Clinic. Yeah, I would say, honestly, the average is probably at just one abortion center closing in on 70 a day is becoming more the average yeah. now, right. which which is six days a week. That's over 400 babies. Yeah, yeah. At just so, one. Right. One of the three. So I get the question a lot. How do you yeah. guys see so many babies saved? Yeah. And I don't want to discourage people <laughs> and share like the cold, hard reality, but sometimes I have to, it's like the cold, hard reality is we're seeing probably 10 times more babies dying right. on some days than people even see in in a in a day or yeah. maybe some even in a week. Yeah. Like we'll see more people here for, for an abortion in one day than some abortion centers will see in one week. So it makes sense that there's more opportunity. And yeah. I hate to even speak of it in those terms, but that's the reality of it. Yeah. And so- Again, you could be jealous or whatever, but you really, there's nothing to be jealous about. And we're going to get into some of the points and some of the reasons why not to be jealous, but bring that to the Lord, right? The Lord has you where he has you because he wants you there. Yeah. He didn't, you don't live in Charlotte, right? If you're listening, you're in California or you're in Washington state or, you know, you're in Denver, Colorado, wherever you might be, God has you there in your city to be a voice for the babies that are dying there. And so do everything you can to serve him in the capacity that he's given you where you are. Right. And so re- reframe that response that, first of all, remember the, the stories that we tell, the stories that you hear, they are designed, they should be designed not to make you jealous, but to inspire you yeah. to yeah. be more than what you are already doing maybe, or just to be inspired that you're a part of the body of Christ, which is uh, together working towards the end of abortion and and babies being saved. But an important thing, which you just mentioned, Daniel, is the second point. Remember that the dynamics differ. Yeah. And so I see that very clearly because I travel around the nation. I see a lot of different sidewalk teams. And the the facilities are different. Yeah. Even in our area, those who minister at Planned Parenthood have different dynamics than those who minister at um, the clinic on Latrobe, which all they do are, are abortions, or a third clinic where they, it's part of a business park. So all those three pl- – in just three places in a single city, there's such different dynamics, just the facility itself, the population it serves, the opposition – is very different. I know that there is Antifa in Washington State, right, yeah. that, that one of our groups, our teams, has to deal with a lot. That's a very different sort of opposition to face than in some other cities where some people don't have any opposition yeah. to the sidewalk teams. 
Yeah. So um, how, how closely you can approach, whether you approach the women or approach the front door of the facility, yeah. um, whether you are allowed to use amplified sound or not. Um, yeah, well, whether it's, I would say whether or not it's a clinic that does only abortions or that does other things, because that's a yeah. that's a dynamic. A yeah, huge, so it's so important to remember that it's it's comparing apples and oranges. Right. And yeah. and really, you can't compare yourself with others who are facing very, yeah. very yeah. possibly every different. abortion center has its unique challenges. I mean, I know like Chicago, they have a challenge with. A buffer zone law there yeah. is a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Other cities, there's challenges with weather, right? I mean, I think about Denver, yeah. Colorado in particular. I think the other day, um, our um, director who's there in Denver, it was like negative seven degrees or oh, something. Goodness. Like, the- and it's ridiculous. Or my um, brother Roy in Detroit, sometimes it's, you know, eight degrees, five degrees, sometimes it's negative there in the wintertime. So yeah. that's a challenge. Just, you know, kind of the, the weather can be a challenge. The legal stuff can be a challenge. All of that. Whether the police are with you or against you or make it. So, the, right. yeah, with the, the main point, dynamics are different. You should not compare because the dynamics are different. But maybe you're working with someone at the same facility who is facing the same dynamics. Then go back to that first thing. That we said, reframe your response rather than be discouraged, be inspired by that person and see what they're doing maybe. Maybe there's something they're doing yeah. that, that you could emulate and, and that would make you um, more effective at, yeah. at your outreach. Something that we learned on a podcast, and I honestly, maybe you'll remember, Daniel, the name of the person who did that podcast about um, Comparison Trap. Um, that we did as a group with with our Love Life uh, ministry people. Yeah, yeah. So that was um, John Acuff. That was so good. Yeah, and he talks about that trap of comparison. Yeah. I, I can probably find that video or find something like it. Uh, that I could post in and the show, in notes, the show here. notes, but I think it was helpful. That uh, whole that whole series he did about focus and how to stay focused on what God has called us to, right. and that was part of it. The trap of right. Comparison. He did he did one. I think one out of six were on um, comparison, and he gave all kinds of great ideas. But this one really stuck with me because for me, I think it's the biggest trap in okay. comparison. Is remember, don't compare the beginning of your story. With the middle of someone else's. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's so good. So let's talk about Charlotte. Charlotte, you and I, Daniel, have a combined 25 years or more experience on the sidewalk. We better have a few things that we've learned right. <laughs> in that amount of time that a brand new sidewalk counselor is not going to know, is right. not going to have learned. And I know that I will look at people who have been doing something for a long time, and I'll think, ah, oh, they're so good, I could never do that. Yeah, I remember feeling that when I first stepped on the sidewalk. No way could I call out right. the way that person is calling out. Yeah. So be very careful that um, you're not comparing 
when you're starting out, and many of the sidewalk outreach people in Love Life and actually across the nation are brand new at this, don't compare your skills with those who have been doing this for sometimes decades. Yeah, yeah. and again, there's of necessity, you're going to see what they're doing, and you're going to you know, see the fruit that's born from it, and you're going to be tempted to have an ungodly jealousy and like maybe even sometimes what we do in our minds when we when we are dealing with jealousy, we actually tear the other person down in our minds. Right. And you just got to guard against that, of course, yeah. crucify that. Yeah. But look at what they're doing. Ask questions. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's the reason why we do that monthly Q&E, that sidewalk outreach Q&E meeting first Saturday of every month, 2 right. p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time, if you guys are part of our sidewalk outreach uh, volunteer groups across the nation, you get access to that if you've create if you've um, completed the 101, 102, 103 training modules. But we do that um, so that we can get these questions from you guys, so that you guys can ask how, how do you do the things that you do. You know, maybe you saw a Facebook post that Vicky put out. And you're thinking, how did she do that? How did she navigate yeah. that conversation? You know, some of the challenges you maybe have that you think we could help you overcome. We want to hear those questions. So we'd love for you guys to join us for that monthly meeting, first Saturday of every month. I, I think it is time. so valuable. Yeah. And I really think everyone should should be a part of that if you can. But um, oftentimes, the difference between effectiveness and not being quite so effective is really a very simple tweak. Yeah. That's what yeah. I have found in training you know, sidewalk teams around the nation is sometimes it's really small. Yeah. And it's just such a small little thing that you can change that can have a great impact that yeah. you just learn. You learn over time. Yeah. Yeah, that absolutely. New people don't have. So, um, so yeah, remember that, um, it, again, don't compare the beginning of your story with the end of someone else's story. I will tell you that I do feel I am an effective sidewalk counselor now, and I feel pretty confident when I go out there that I'm going to do okay. I'm going to I'm gonna do mostly what I feel like I have been called by God to do. But I remember that at, at the beginning, thinking I could never do any of it. Everything yeah. I was seeing, I thought, no way could I do that. So um, uh, the next one that I think is really, this is how I think I've crucified that jealousy, probably the most effectively, is to expand my view of who's on my team. Okay. It's not the person standing next to me alone. Right. It's the person standing in Oregon, in California, in Denver, uh, in, in Pittsburgh. In South South Florida, yeah, it is. It is everyone that is doing this work. We all have the same desire to serve God in this way. We know we've all been called by God in this way, and to to look at the victories as not just my victory or their victory. It is a victory for the Lord. Yeah. And if I can really keep that perspective, I have found that helps me to just truly rejoice yeah. instead of feeling that that moment of, oh, I wish that was me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, of course, too, having our mindset, like we've always talked about from the very beginning, is we're not out there for us. We're not out there for the moms. We're not out there for the babies. We're out there for Jesus first. Yeah. And it's hard to always keep that mindset. We certainly want to see fruit from our labors, and God is very gracious to let us see that from time to time. Um, But if we can keep the mindset of we're out here for the Lord, 
and we see what the Lord says in his word that we're all part of the same body. So that yeah. when, when people come to Jesus, when people choose life, um, when abortion workers quit, when abortion clinics shut down or whatever, it's all glory to Jesus, right? It's yeah. all the body of Christ working to give glory to the head. Now, again, it takes it takes some humility. It takes the grace of God for us to embrace that mentality and walk in that mentality. But that is the biblical mentality yeah. of a servant of the Lord, that we're yeah. all in this thing together to give glory to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Um, uh, one of the ways I think that we can give glory to the Lord, even when the fruits are not obvious, is that we need to start really looking for the victories that maybe we have not looked at before because they're there. God is always working. He's always there. He's there right with us as soon as we're, well, all the time, but on that sidewalk, he is there. And so there's, like yesterday, I've been out there a lot this week, and yesterday there were no even suspected saves. Usually we think there might have been, but yesterday there there weren't. But someone drove by, stopped, told us that she had had she had adopted two children herself, that she she works in this business park area around yeah. the abortion center. And she hears us all the time over the microphone. And she said, I'm I'm always praising God that you all are there. And then handed us a box of donuts. Wow. And here's someone, a total stranger. We didn't know her, but she's heard us over the years. She knows what we do. She's praising God that we're doing it. And she took the time. She said, I've never told you. Yeah. And I wanted yeah. to stop and tell you. And I wanted to give you the and gave us a box of donuts. And I was starving. That donut right. came in. <laughs> <laughs> at such a good time. Yeah. So that was that was a victory. All the years that this person is sitting in her office hearing us speak, and we we didn't know about that, and we yeah. were an encouragement to her. Um, uh, Something just to remember, and I I say this a lot. If you show up, that's a victory. If you because Satan is, I guarantee you trying to make sure you don't show up. Oh, yeah. If your foot steps onto that sidewalk, you have just had a victory yeah, for the true. Lord. And if you have two or three or four others who overcame Satan in the same way today and stepped onto that sidewalk, praise God. Yeah. That is an enormous Amen. victory. Yeah, yeah, and, and think about it, too. Even though you're not maybe seeing the fruit of your labor day in and day out, um, the fruit is in obedience that we've said that before. And there were times not terribly long ago before God called you into this ministry and you walked out in obedience that that sidewalk had no one there. Right. Those babies were not getting a voice. Yeah. And yet you're there giving those baby, babies a voice. You're there loving those children enough to give them a voice, even when their own mothers and fathers don't love them. You're right. there loving them. And guys, that is bearing fruit. Like it that, is. that is obedience bears fruit. Yeah, and that is fruit that's being born. Yeah, those babies are being loved, mm-hmm. if by no one else, mm-hmm. but you. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this: this is an encouragement I've always given that there are babies that are being saved that you might not be at, be find you, you might not find out about until you stand before the Lord. Yeah, And then God's going to show you there's a mom who was driving to the abortion center and she saw you there praying and she decided to keep driving or yeah. she turned around and you didn't see it. But God's going to show you on, on the day when you stand before him 
and all all of us get to cast our crowns before the Lord. He's going to have a jewel in your crown because yeah. you were there and you're going to get to cast it at the feet of Jesus. Again, it all goes back to it's about Jesus. It's about right. giving glory to his name. That's right. And if if you're being faithful and speaking his words, those words will not return void. You you may may not know again until you stand before Jesus uh, how those words impacted even the moms that chose death. What what might you have said that stayed with them and made a choice down the road for for God? Yeah. Today, um, I was out at Planned Parenthood, and there was one of the more difficult um, opposition. There in my face, pulling out her camera, following me on my heels. And at one point, I was standing waiting for a car door to open, and I was getting ready to call out, and those people just were staying in the car for whatever reason. And I turned to the this person who's filming me literally three inches from my face, and I just started sharing the gospel. Yeah. Um, smiling, and she's swearing at me. And <laughs> um, but then she got quiet, and she's filming me. I don't know for what, whether it was TikTok or what, or some sort of streaming. But I thought, and she gave me a good, I don't know, three minutes that I was able to to talk of the love of the Lord and that he died for her and um, and that she can turn from a life of sin. And it is his his um, victory and his, you know, his offer for eternal life is open to her. It is yeah. not too late for her. And um, you never know. Yeah, I mean, she made yeah. no indication that that had affected her at all. But uh, God's word doesn't return God's void. God's word right? doesn't return void. So I count that a victory. Yeah, I got to go on camera for three minutes in front of some audience, right? That and and speak of of Jesus. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we always try to come up with a biblical reason yeah. for why we're doing what we. Yeah, that's why we <laughs> what do what we, we do. do. It's of the, <laughs> and the and God I says. thought there are there are plenty of verses in the Bible that actually do deal with the issue of comparison. Yeah. But I thought this one from Galatians six and um. I, I thought verses four to five, okay. and then verse nine um, from Galatians six, really directly um, speaks of that. Okay, do you have that there? You want to yeah, read that yeah. one? But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone, and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So our work is not to be tested by our neighbor. Yeah. Our work is to be tested in ourself alone. Yeah. And we're not to grow weary in doing good. Basically, I think the implication is whether your work yields apparent results or not, don't grow weary because eventually you will reap, but you can't give up. Yeah. And comparison and discouragement can can make you want to give up. Yeah. So test your work against what God has called you to do right. with the yeah. skills and talents he has given you and uh, do the best that you can before God and don't give up. Yeah, yeah. Did you share about the widow's mite? I did not. You should share about that before All right, so we that, wrap that's, up. Um, that was something that actually um, I, I thought of because of this very issue 
someone said that she was so discouraged because she had not said the right things. And it was in the midst of my training with um, with this group of people. Yeah. And so I was listing the right things <laughs> yeah. to say and do. And she said, I, I wish I had known all that because basically she said she beats herself up. Right. She said she thinks about it a lot for what she didn't do. She knew she didn't do um, – she didn't handle it perfectly. She yeah. didn't say what she now knows she should have said. And and I said, well, did you say everything that day that you knew to say? Yeah. So the situation, just so people understand, this mm-hmm. lady's sharing that she had a one-on-one conversation with a mom going into the abortion center. Right. And poured everything out that she knew to pour out to her, to speak mm-hmm. to her. And the girl still went into the abortion center. Right. You're training and you're sharing. Here's some of the things that you should share. And she's like, I didn't share those things. Right. And now she's beating herself up because yes. she she didn't share what she right. should have shared. Exactly. So she's discouraged and she's feeling awful because the baby died and now she's blaming herself even more. What right. I meant to help and inspire and encourage and build confidence, she's now turning back saying, oh, gosh, I didn't do it right. Yeah. And and I asked her, did did you do everything that that you knew to do. She was new at the time right. also when, when this had actually happened. And um, and she said, yeah. And I said, well, think about the, the widow's might, the story of the widow's might. I don't have the reference right in front of me. I can't remember exactly where it is, but you, you know, most of you probably know that story yeah. where um, the rich people are giving all kinds of money towards, uh, towards ministry, towards God, and the widow only has two mites, which is like a penny. I don't know how much a mite yeah, is. It's much. a form of money that back in those days that was very small, and she only had two, yeah. and she gave it all. She gave everything she had, everything she had to live on, I think the Bible says, um, and and Jesus commends her yeah. because she gave all that she had. He doesn't say, wait a minute, throw in another mite, because <laughs> right. she doesn't have it. Right. She could only give what she had, but she gave fully of what she had, and that's, I think, all that we're called to do. We are called to give fully yeah. what we have. But we're not called to give what we don't have, right? Because we can't, right? Yeah. And so now I I told this this sidewalk outreach person now you have more to give. Right. I hope that was my job, yeah, to give you more to give, and now you will. But that day you gave all that you had, and God commends you, yeah. for that. So yeah, I think that is good. such a great story, yeah. or a, a great biblical uh, passage to remember. Give all you have, knowing Jesus never asks us to give more than what we have. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, well, hopefully that was an encouragement. Hopefully this whole episode was an encouragement to you guys. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. Reach out to her, Vicky, at lovelife.org. Maybe you have some suggestions for other episodes. This episode came out out of a suggestion from one of our local volunteers. So we'd love to hear that. Uh, maybe you have some encouragement. We'd love to hear your encouragement. It encourages us when you encourage us. And we want to, in turn, encourage you guys. So hopefully we've done that. Uh, also, um, check out our podcast website, gospelcenteredprolife.com, where you can access all of our podcast episodes. You can search keywords and find episodes that maybe pertain to certain subjects that you want to know more about. 
Also, our training and equipping website, sidewalksforlife.com, sidewalks, the number four, life.com. Leave us a review, whatever podcast service that you listen to this on. And until next time, God bless. God bless you all. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life. Nothing's too precious since I met you.